I only worked out Skype, had to record on Skype. God damn it, it just took us a bloody age. Uh, so I'd be interested to see how this comes out from a quality perspective. I mean, obviously the last, yeah, the last four episodes have been subpar, subpar usual par, you know, what? before, we, you know. Right, Te- technically, not yeah. content. No. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Go, Jerry. Contact has always been so far. It's only recently that, that <laughs> te- technically has been. I think we we're, we operate in that sliding scale. We're like subpar con- content, very high recording, and now we've gone to very, <laughs> very, very high content, content very low recording, subpar sure. recording. Yeah. That's probably just the way it works for us. So if this is better than the recording-wise from an audio perspective than than last few times, maybe the content will be shit. The content so is going to be shit. Yeah. You're welcome, everybody, for a shitty fucking podcast. Um, but anyway, thanks for everyone for being with us. Um, we've kind of spaced these out a little bit because, I mean, I think because there's less things happening in the world for us yep. to discuss. Um, so we have kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, and even though, you know, uh, we're still quite busy um, and things are still going on for us. So, yeah, uh, we're going to keep happening. going. Though. But but also fewer opportunities to kind of slow down and just stop and pop a podcast. And, right. you know, so why? Why not? Um, right. So our, our, uh, the last Starfighter, Starfighter um, bit that we did for Armor, it got some traction. People were talking about it and it got me thinking. Um, I didn't hear. I didn't know where it went. Did it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. But I, I know that on Twitter, somebody reached out and was um, the uh, Nightmare Junkel guys uh, or the the uh, Nerds of Nostalgia. They want to do a double feature with us. Oh, that's um, right. That's yeah. Uh, and that that would be super rad. Um, yeah, cool with that. So, but the uh, the Gunstar and that that got me thinking of like I was like, man, it's a, it's a pretty cool ship that hasn't really made much. You know, you don't. No one ever talks about it. Um, so I went to Ranker. You, do you ever go to Ranker, the website? Oh, yeah. From time to time. Time to time, yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. I love how you can, like, vote on, like, the list. Like, it's it's all user-driven. Um, but So I just went to Ranker, and I was like, hey, what are what are the top, like, you know, like, spaceships? What do, what do people think the top spaceships are? So I, I got there, of course. They were like, oh, here, let me tell you. Um, the, here's the top 20, as voted on by the people who visit the website Ranker. So the top, what we're saying here, we have a list. We have a list. Well, yeah. we love a yeah. list, buddy. Yeah, we, we love that's a how list. We, yeah, exactly. We're going to ride someone else's content. That's what we do. Um, and we're going to speak our own about some, someone else's shit. Okay, so... Um, these are all fictional, I'm assuming. All fictional spaceships. And it's basically, it's put in, like, what would you want to fly? Like, the top 20 spaceships that you'd want to fly. Okay. Okay. Um, and there's a, if, several hundred people have voted on this. So it's not, you know, yeah. maybe there maybe several hundred people are wrong. Right. Maybe several hundred people are right. I don't know. Can so I make I'm a guess g- at number one just now? Just don't tell me until we get to a- it. Absolutely. So the number one ship in the history of science fiction. Yep. Um, I would guess it's the Millennium Falcon. One. I'd say it's the Millennium Falcon. That's okay. going to be my guess. All right. Well, let's start with number 20. All right. Okay. Number 20 is the Nova Corps ships. From um, Nova, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't really like. No, nope. from uh, what though? The Nova Corps ships from, um, from uh, um, Avengers, from the Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Guardians of the Galaxy, okay, yeah. Just making sure. Yeah, so these are all I like mean, cinematic, either movies or TV, not necessarily comic books. Yeah, yeah. I don't, um, I don't necessarily 
that, that, if I was making a top 20 list, I don't know if they'd make it. They're not prevalent enough in my brain, sure. I think, to make it. I mean, right. I put Book Rogers Star Fighter in here, oh, and I bet it's not in here. Oh, that's just like a Trans Am with like little fins. That's not uh, good. No, that's I know it does. What the fuck's wrong um, with that? <laughs> okay, so this, so I will say this. So, 366 people voted on this. Um, 167 said it was cool. 199 said it wasn't cool. So, I don't know where it came in on the list or how it moved up or down. But so the yeah, the, the Nova Core ships from Guardians of the Galaxy. Honestly, that's a really esoteric. Like, what the fuck? How did that make all the spaceships in the, exactly. I'm like right there with you. Okay, so let's move on. Moving on. Um, number 19, the Eagle Transporter. <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm, I'm, I'm here for that one i'm here for that one. i knew you would be I'm here Alan I Carter, you. He used to fucking yeah. fly that shit around like a motherfucker yeah, yeah. <laughs> also one of the hot hot toys when i was young i wanted sure. one of those so badly and yeah, i did yeah. never have one you know uh, what i think it might be the only one on the list that actually looks like it could be like real Something that exists. Yeah, like this yeah. could be exist. This could yeah. exist. It was kind of uh, like a space shuttle with crates in the middle of it. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. So number 18 is the Nostromo. Now, I think that's a badass fucking ship. Yeah, it is. But it's, well, the Nostromo, I'd like to see an actual, because isn't the Nostromo isn't the whole ship, is it? Is the Nostromo yes. the whole ship or is that? Like just the cargo freighter, it's pulling. Uh, no. Because you never get a well, really, really good look at it. Yeah, no, no, I think it's just the rig. I think that what they're saying is just the tow rig oh, itself, not okay. the whole. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think I it's pretty cool. But I, again, like, I don't know, like, if the top 20 of all spaceships of all time. No, I don't like, think it makes sense. Like, how many, like, there's 163 people that are like, fuck yeah, I got to fly that motherfucker. All right, so I'm going to move on. Uh, number 17, the Heart of Gold. Um, from HR uh, Scars of the Galaxy? Yes. So, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, because that had the, that weird drive, the... Um, improbability drive? Improbability drive. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. I mean, it's classic. It's classic right. sci-fi. Douglas Adams... Sure. Yeah, that fun to drive, right? Top twenty of, the, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, number sixteen, the Salako. Uh, yeah, I'd say definitely higher than than the Nostromo. Obviously, this is quite aliens heavy. Very similar. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the Salako would be more of a more of a, a flyer kind of yeah, ship. I don't get how like you know like that one and the Nostromo. How are these like fun to drive? Right. Like, like, I guess if you like had a tractor trailer fetish, and you're like, man, it'd be really fun to drive a really heavy cargo from point A to point B. Right. That really, you know, gets me going. Um, it, this does say that it's pretty cool that it um, it's meant to recall meant to recall an or, enormous flying M16. And I was like, yeah, well, okay, not M16, but definitely I, I can see like assault rifle. All right, so moving on, uh, number fifteen, the NSEA Protector. N S E A protector. What is that? Uh, it is a basically a goofier um, version of the Enterprise. It's the ship from Galaxy Quest. Oh really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not right. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that 
movie? Oh, that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the movie yeah. is excellent. Killer. Well, yeah. I don't know if the top, what number? 15? 15. Yeah. Of all time? Yeah. Well, 15 of this list. Maybe they were just like, you know what? We're just going to pull 20 chips and just let people rank them. Uh, yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, but I do like number bad. 14. I think it's a good position. If I was to make a list of all the sh- spaceships ever, uh, number 14 is good. Number 14 is the Gunstar. Oh, right. So this is, yeah, which we talked about recently. At length, recently, yeah. Just looks like shit, but it's probably great to drive. I think it looks cool as fuck, man. I think it looks relatively practical. It looks like an like a like a like an F fifteen or no, like a, like a uh, F fourteen, like a Tomcat, um, but in space. You know, you've got a navigator, you've got a pilot, uh, you've got a, the propulsion. I think it's pretty cool. All right, so number thirteen is the Cheyenne. Uh, the Cheyenne is from um, um, the. Uh, is that from the Expanse? No, that's this is from Aliens. This is the like the basically the um, the dropship from Aliens. Oh uh, yeah, well, I, I'd probably rather drive that than drive the Salako. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I'd rather drive this than uh, yes, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number twelve. You ready for this one? I don't yeah. know if you ever heard it. It's pretty random. Uh, it's the TARDIS. The- it is. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody take a fucking drink. Uh, uh, right now. Number yeah. 12? Uh-huh. Bullshit. Way up higher than that. The sure. TARDIS. I mean, Christ almighty, it can do everything. It's living. I mean, it can okay. do everything. Well, how about this? How about we do this? You, this is number 12. I'm going to move up to the list, and you tell me if the TARDIS beats it. Okay, go. Just part, part of the part and puzzle. Um, this is kind of a tough one here, man. Number 11 is Slave 1. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'd still rather fly the TARDIS. Sure. Slave 1 is badass. And it always trips me up. It doesn't make sense to me how it works, but I think it's Slave 1 should be higher. Yeah, Yeah, Slave Slave 1 should be higher, too. Okay, uh, number 10, Klingon Bird of Prey. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah. Bird of Prey is a pretty fucking cool ship. Oh, please, God, don't tell me Romulan Warbird is ahead of that. It better not be in this fight. I don't list. think there's any other Star Trek um, ships out there. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was about to pick up my computer and throw it through my window out into this rainy, dark night. Uh, um, no, I, I think the Bird Klingon Bird of Prey is probably the, one of the coolest coolest ships like all, from the original Star Trek. Yeah, it's rad, man. It's yeah, a pretty I'm, intimidating yeah. Uh, it doesn't make any sense it, as far as yeah. I'd say I I would even maybe yeah. I mean I get why this is higher. It should be higher up in the list. But we'll right, num- number nine, Battlestar Galactica, the BSG, not the seventies. <sighs> I don't know. I kind of like the seventies one, but yeah, um, I think they're similar enough that. Yeah, I mean you know again it kind of goes back to the Nostromo. Salako thing. You don't really drive that around the place. Right. You just kind it's of like you're driving an aircraft carrier, right? Right. Like yeah. that's that's not as exciting yeah. as taking off the, the F-14 right. on the yeah. All right. It's so, a cool um, spaceship, but and I, don't, I I wouldn't put a higher than a border prey, and I fucking wouldn't put a higher than a TARDIS. No. Uh, number eight is Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. Um. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Here's the I thing: is, slave, I don't give two fucks about any of the Tie Fighters. I think they're garbage. But, right. Um, no, I don't, that's not true. I, they're pretty cool, but I just don't think like, the variances, whatever. All right, number seven is the. Beats that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, number seven is the Enterprise D. 
Okay, which is the um, the, the saucer, the the next generation, right? Next generation, yeah. Um, you know what? Next generation. Well, yeah, you got to put it on here. It's got to be in the top ten, but I don't think it beats Slave One, and I don't think it beats no, the TARDIS. I don't no. think it beats the Prey either. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because just uh, from no. an aesthetic look, it just it never looked great in my view. You know, the giant saucer with the kind of half an octopus on the back. I just don't think it ever looked that good. All right. Number six, Serenity. Ooh, Serenity's yeah. cool. I think it's a good placement for Serenity. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, I think I'd rather drive a TARDIS, but sure. I think, uh, I think you know, it's it's such an iconic part of the show, you know? Yeah, it's such a really cool design, something you've never yeah. seen before. Yeah, yeah and like, I think no. that if you didn't know what the show was and you just looked at it, you'd be like, what? What the fuck is this? Right, he totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, number five. Number five threw me the Milano. Do you know what the Milano is? Oh, um, I do. I know what it is. Give me a. Give me a. Give me a hint. Um, it goes back to the um, to the um, Nova Corps. Oh, it's um, it's his ship. It's uh, yeah, Star Wars. Star Lord ship. Yeah, that is way too high. That goes way further back, way, way, way back. Oh, the top ten. No fucking way is the Milano hot, better on uh, no. And and QED just proved the point by saying, "Do you know what it is?" And I needed a hint. Exactly. I shouldn't need okay. a hint for a top for five. Number five. Okay, no. How about this? Number four. You don't need any hints for this. Number four. Star Destroyer. Again. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Design is cool, but how fun is it to drive? Not that you much. Know? And, no. you know, you're guaranteed uh, to get choked to death if you drive that thing. It's a guarantee at some point a lot, in your career. A lot easier to take down than you would think. You're going right, to so get choked. You're going to get choked. You're going to oh, get yeah, forced yeah. choked. Okay. You don't um, want to be in charge of it. Tard's hard than that. Slave one hard than that. Bird of prey hard than that. Okay, how about this one? X-Wing. You should have known Sla- the top three. What, what are the top yeah. three going to be? Top three are going to be X-Wing. Next is going to be the Enterprise original, and number one's Millennium Falcon, like I said. Have start, you right? seen this list before? Yep. No, I have not, but I yeah. know what's cool. Yeah, and so... I think that those three are pretty... I, I might put Slave 1 ahead of an X-Wing. What? Versus, I, mean, I mean, it's okay, Slave yeah, 1, dude. that's cool, that's true, but... You know, we, I, I wouldn't see that... it do anything except get punked. But you know how cool it is, though! It is very cool, yeah. Um, I would say, I would say those four for sure. I would put the bird of prey maybe a five. No, Tars five, bird of prey six would be what how I would rank those. Um, I think so. I think, I think the X wing one has to be number one. Pre like X wing pre uh, sequels, right? Um, the Milano Christ. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would put the slave one before the X wing had I'd never seen like Rogue One or Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Because I yeah. think those movies, they were like, this is what this thing can fucking do. And you get to see yeah. it really do oh, some fun. X-Wing, yeah. 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 Pretty and cool. then, of course, pretty cool. Inter- the Enterprise, the original Enterprise. Uh, and what I'm saying, like, it's fun to drive. How is this one any more or less fun to drive than the USS Enterprise D? They're True. both, like, fucking battleships. Like, how fun is it to fucking... Yeah, do you no. remember in, um, was it a... Uh, first contact where he crashed the enterprise and they used the joystick for the first time ever in in star trek lore oh, they actually had a little a little kind of manual controller joystick 
popped out of somewhere. I was like, what in the fuck is this thing? Was yeah. it that one or was it Insurrection that that was in where they crashed the ship, uh, the D, and he actually pulled the fucking, uh, uh, like a, a joystick came out from, I was like, that's dumb. Yeah. But again, it kind of, yeah. like, what it kind of goes what do you, yeah. It's not like a fly-by-wire. It's not like, what are you controlling with the joystick? Uh, whatever. Yeah. But, so that was a list that I thought was pretty cool. I would say so. the Mandalorian ship, a year from now or two years from now, will be on that list or should be. Yeah. Like the Mandalorian yeah. ship. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, becoming, over the Milano. That's, yeah, that's a big part of the show. And it's that show's only going to go from strength to strength. So, Hey, so let's segue from the list real quick to the Mandalorian. So because there's been a lot of news that just recently came out on this. What are, you, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the, the three big names that have just been released and tied to this next season? The, uh, 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 we have um, Asano in it that we're talking about. Asoka yes. in it. Yeah, Sokotano. I know we've talked about Sokotano being in it. Who right? else? Yeah, uh, and then, um, but just recently they said that Katie Sackhoff is going to be the Bo-Katan, the, uh, the the Mandalorian, the the character that she played in Clone Wars and then Rebels. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. She, I guess, she was really dodgy about it last year when they asked her about it because she couldn't say anything. But principal filming or principal photography for the Mandalorian ended in the beginning of March, so they were able to finish before the shutdown. Right. So the show is still on track to be released in October. Um, so they're slowly starting to, you know, release little bits of uh, information about this next season. Um, so Katie well, Sackhoff that, is coming as as a Mandalorian. She's a Mandalorian. That is great uh, news. Yeah, that's very cool. And what else? Well, Boba Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, and and it makes I I like that too. I think it's. Uh, I mean, we've never in. I mean, I'm sure in books and stuff, it's shown that he's survived. But I don't think it's ever been. It's never been discussed during any of the animated shows or the movies that have since followed that Boba Fett actually survived the Sarlacc pit, right? Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though, is that no one is saying, you know... Is I, it a flashback? I, yeah, oh, I don't know. That's it. On social media, like, you hear all these people are like, oh, I wish they wouldn't bring, like, Ahsoka Tano and Boba Fett in there. I wish they would just let the Mandalorian be its own thing. I'm like, really, man? Like, you want to let the Mandalorian be its own thing? It's a fucking Mandalorian, which wouldn't exist without Boba Fett, and right. fucking Baby Yoda, which wouldn't exist without Yoda. If it was just being okay. its own thing... You'd have fucking Ponta Baba from A New Hope, the fucker in the bar, <laughs> who no one really knows and has never been featured or focused or thought was cool. So, yeah, it's not. This isn't its own thing. It's real. It's very, very reductive, but it's reductive in a really good, good way. Right. So, so um, yeah, I have, I'm all for it, man. I like. They're like, <laughs> oh man, you know. Uh, and I guess Asokatan is going to get her own show eventually i mean like that's the whole i think that's feloni's plan is for ahsoka for you know the end of the way that rebels ended was that um you know ahsoka and um what's her name uh, saban they're off to go find uh your man right like it was like a huge open-ended at the end of yeah. that series right yeah. so they, they they left it you know for us to follow them later and now here mandalorian is given it the show it, on like a golden platter it's given us an opportunity to carry these stories further and I don't know, man. I, Do I you think, think cool. because he, I think Rebels is set before the Mandalorian uh, on a time frame. So we're going to get, so she's already set off to find Ezra. So is, is, is that going to be referenced at all in the, in, when we see Rosario Dawson 
as Ahsoka? I mean, so many things are tying it together. Like uh, Moff Gideon has the black saber, and Katie Sackhoff's mm-hmm. character was the last person we saw with mm-hmm. the black saber in um, Clone Wars. And then, yeah. you know, later um, she gets it in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, no, I guess Rebels would have been first. No? How's that work? Yeah, I'm getting no, so Rebels is up. Rebels is after Clone Wars. Right. Rebels is like after um, it's before New Hope. And Mandalorian is after Jedi. But it's after Sith, yes. Yes. So Ahsoka is in her forties. Yeah, she's in her forties. Yeah. Or at least forties, yeah. So. so she's already gone off to find Ezra if he's right. a, a, around or not. I mean, I mean, I don't care, man. I mean, I think Dave Filoni's done a superb job. Obviously, you can see the last four episodes of the Clone Wars how he can knit things together that make complete sense and just yep. are beautiful yep. and tell an incredible story. And just from, you know, I mean, just from an aesthetic look at what he did with the, the with Ahsoka standing, you know, with the, with the heads of the, of the clone troopers or not the heads, their helmets, of the clone troopers. I mean, it, it, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. He's, yeah. you can't say the dude isn't, and he's obviously involved with um, um, what's his name? Who's running it? The showrunner, John Favreau. Who you know? I mean, they did a great job already. I'm I'm here for whatever the fuck they want to do. I'm on board. Take yeah. me to it. It goes back to it. you know the, the people who are shitting on it right now are shitting on the idea of having Ahsoka like pop up or Boba Fett pop up. It all just goes back to everything we said before, Rise Skywalker. It's like. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, why are right. you why are you already shitting on something just because, right? You know, you're afraid of something you don't want to see. I don't know. It's it's bizarre to me. Like, I could not too, be yeah. more excited for October for a lot of reasons. Right. You know, and like, for, like yeah, yeah. You can and and you don't know. So yeah, exactly. I'd rather be optimistic. And I lo- I love I love that they're bringing Tim Murray back for um, Boba Fett because like you know. And that opens the door for him to be like fucking Rex and to be any clone that might have still be be alive. Like right. that actor, like his, you know, he was the person, he was Django Fett, whatever. Right. Um, no, I love it. I think it's great that they're bringing him back. And even if it's just a flashback, even if it's just, uh, I'm for it, man. I'm all for it. I love it. So. I mean, to be frank, weren't you, um, when you were watching like the Mandalorian's like backstory when he was a kid and he was abducted by the man, what you wa- watch watching kind of at the corner of your eye is Boba Fett in this? Is Boba yeah. Fett? Oh yeah, every scene, here? every scene. Yeah. Of course, you were like, is Boba yeah. Fett going to pop into this? I mean, you were yeah. waiting for it, so yeah, yeah. give it to me, give yeah. it to me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that's yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, have you been watching um, uh, Rick and Morty? The Return. Uh, I, two I watched in. two episodes in. Uh-huh. I've only seen one. Um, Which one did you say? The, um... Shit. What is it? The name of the one? The Story Train? Never Ricking Story? Is that what it is? No. Yeah. Um, is that the name of it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, The Story Train. The Never yeah. Ricking Story? Yeah. Yeah, Never yeah. Ricking Story. Never Story? It. Yeah. I didn't know there was two. That was the only one I've seen. Uh, dude, that one was a mindfuck. It was a complete mindfuck. Uh, yeah. And I would say I didn't enjoy it as much as I would normally a Rick and Morty episode. There was some funny bits in it, but I, I was hard for me to keep up. Yeah. I was like, God, yeah. tonight, what, what, it's, we're inside Inception, and yep. an Inception inside an Inception. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I watched the episode, the last episode on Sunday, which is, which is very good, which is a kind of take off a 
Alien and Prometheus. Oh, not, I don't want to. Yep, don't say you should, anything. You should check it out. It's great fun. Know how I missed it? I I just thought this last Sunday was the first time back. All yeah, right, well, they, I know um, what I'm going to do when we're done here. They they screwed me up so much with the Never Ricking story that I was like, is this? Are they going to at some point turn around and say they're still on the story train? <laughs> you know, in my in the back of my head, I was yeah. waiting for them to go back to the story train. Um, which if you do go to www.story-train dot com uh it takes you to the rick and morty uh like store where you can buy awesome. stuff sure. you just can't buy the story train obviously <laughs> obviously but yeah i thought it was like it was almost too meta for me um it was very very meta yeah yeah too much up its own arse but i mean that's what they do they you know they go extreme um but on that point have you been watching solar opposites nope. dude you gotta watch it really it, is it good we've watched like five of them now yeah, it's like Rick and Morty on more crass, more on steroids, and it's not it's not beeped. They used they, I'm gonna say it here, so everyone who's who says I curse too much, mind okay. your ears. But yeah. they fucking dropped cunt on the t- on the cartoon last yeah. week on the last episode we watched, which is four or five. Um, I'm like, oh my god, he said that he said that word. So and there's no bleeping. It's is is Harmon involved? Uh, it, no, it's um, it's, it's just Justin, Justin Roiland, Roiland and yeah. Mike McMahon, who is one of the writers on Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, but um, his voice is there, and you know you can you recognize the voices. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's very Rick and Morty. Of course okay. it is. All right. Well, but, you, but if you say watch good. it, I'll watch it. But to me, it oh. seems like like I was like, this is a joke. This is like looking at the trailer and watching it. This is like a Rick and Morty joke. That they're like really gonna. They're gonna take the piss out of this show because all the, all those episodes, show. all the all those shows are out there, right? Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, a transnational so television show. Yeah, you know where yeah. they do those episodes where they yep. watch them from yep. another dimension. It's kind of like that, but it's it's definitely worth seeing. There's some little jokes. Um, there's this whole on of there's this whole arc running underneath it about the two kids that they like to shrink people and put them in their wall. I won't say any more than that. But it's through every episode, and it's just it's building somewhere, and I'm excited to see where that particular arc of the story goes. Because okay. it's all right, fine. Because <laughs> that goes. I'll give it I a mean, shot. You know, shrinking people and putting them in their wall. You, just by that, you should be interested. Okay. Yep. All right. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. They're not doing a good job of selling it. I will say that. It yeah, it's weird. It looks man. like a really shit sitcom. And it's like they're cashing in on the Rick and Morty popularity. But I mean, you're not whatever. wrong what you're saying, but it's still funny. It's still entertaining. Okay. Sure, sure, it's sure. All right, well, inventive give it a crassness. Shot. Yeah. Um, and then I was looking at Prime today. Uh, did you did you ever watch Hannibal TV show? I never did. It's on Prime now. It's available. I, I heartily recommend you watch it. It's just procedural, right? I mean, it's just like yeah. Like yeah, Law and Order, but here instead of a detective, it's you've like got no procedural you've ever seen before in your life. Really, okay. I guarantee it. It okay. is compelling, and I'll still say, years ahead of its time, one of the most advanced things ever on television. I put this up there with Twin Peaks from like how, like a how did this get on television yeah. type of show. And when you watch it, it's so graphic. You'll be like, "This was on NBC on Friday nights." What? How okay. did this get aired? Uh, it's excellent. I cannot recommend it enough. Oh, 
since this this seems to be the COVID. So I, I, I had a physical this morning and my doctor was like, well, you didn't put on the COVID-15. You only put on COVID-5. Um, but everybody else is like binging old shows that have been around for a while. Did you ever watch Justified? Um, I watched the first two seasons of that and then I lost interest in it. All right. I justified like that's I liken that to, to Hannibal I, having never seen it and not going up what you just said is that it's just it's a, a procedural that is set in a not law and order setting. It's a procedural that doesn't happen in like New York, L.A. or Miami. It's like we're taking the same stories, but we're taking the fucking, you know, the Miami cartel and we're putting it in Kentucky and it's the Dixie Mafia. Uh, and, and it relates to people who live in those areas because you can't like I don't. You know, I can't relate to Southern California or Miami because yeah. I've never spent any time there or lived there for any time. Um, and then Justified's like, yeah, man, these people are just like me. I'm, I grew up with those people. Sure, that's how it works. So I, I, that's how I think of like Hannibal as being the kind of the same way. It's like the same stories, just we're casting different people to play different roles, but it's really just the same. But I'm, if I'm you're saying it's you. not, okay, all right, here's the thing. I'm going to watch, look, because I have time. I'm going to watch Hannibal. And I'm going to watch Solar Opposites. And the next time we see each other, I will let you know if I think you're full of shit or not. I'm telling you. Well, I'm definitely full of shit. But I'm telling you, it is one of those shows that when it ended, um, three seasons only. Now, oh, okay. It, 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 has an, it has an end, though. Like, sure. it does. It does. I'm not unhappy. You know, I'm, I didn't. I'm not going to. I don't want to say too much. But I wasn't. I was like, okay. I know this show's in trouble. I know it's very advanced. I know it, not everybody's going to get it. So if it, if this is the end of it, I think it's okay. Sure. But I would love to see more. Okay. But you have like, uh, uh, um, Brian Fuller was the showrunner for it. Um, you have Mads uh, Mickelson. Love him. Yep, love him. And, uh, and then you as uh, and then you have um, Hugh Hugh Dancy as Will Graham. So it's the Will Graham. So you think you got to think like. Red Dragon, um, you got to think um, Manhunter, right. Time. You got Lawrence Fishburne in it. I mean, it is just. It, again, I, I I don't ever really go back and rewatch things. I would rewatch this show again just for yeah. the images and the imagery in it. It is incredibly deep and nuanced. And again, madness that it was on NBC madness and yeah. you know you, you 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 say that though oh it's hannibal it's kind of a prequel all the shit that i hate so you're remaking something <laughs> with people i love who built those characters anthony hopkins right. as hannibal lecter how can yep. you i love manhunter it's one of my favorite of the lecter movies um i loved um uh, what was his name's um uh, uh portrayal of it um uh, william peterson's portrayal of, of him um you know and then you just put you know, not that Mads Mikkelsen, but at this time he wasn't. I didn't hold him in such high high regard. Sure, um, he was just a decent character actor that I could, I could remember from from um, a Casino Royale. Um, but this this show, it, it just it used to just boggle my mind. I would I'd be confounded watching it, like, what the fuck is this? It's just so deeply layered, and uh, okay. it's right. excellent. I could I not recommend it more. And anyone else who hasn't watched it. You definitely check it out. It is available now on Prime. So if you're a Prime member, it's free. And we don't have fuck all else to do. I might right. just start rewatching it anyway. I think I missed the first half of season one. So I had to kind of play catch up. Um, but it's uh, it's it's just excellent television, man. Here's a Prime um, throwback for you. Why the fuck was Rasanati not on that spaceship list? 
I take the Rastanani over the Milano any day. I would say 100. Yeah. percent Yes, it should be. I mean, that's more of a real ship. Like yeah. that's more of a. Yeah. You know, I, I'd even put um. Well, I would. I wouldn't have put maybe Galactic in there. I would have put one of the Vipers in there though. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. The Vipers are rad. Or yeah. one of the Cylon ships. Especially the Vipers are cool. Yeah, the BSG Vipers. Um, were pretty fucking slick. You know they're rebooting that series too. Get the fuck out of here! What? Yep, it's happening. Oh, rebooting boy. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, boy. Um, and it's going to be. It's not like um, the continued adventures. They, they, what I read was they said it's going to be more in line with BSG. Um, but de- but but you know their retelling of the same story. I the don't exact know same story. Can... Well, no. I mean, I mean, but I mean, they're still but, wagon you know, training in space. Yeah, they're still wagon training. They're still being chased by the Cylons. All right. <laughs> I don't okay. know how you can no, excuse, excusing the it? yeah excusing the last series right the, the last season, season yeah yeah and yeah. specifically the last yeah the last season last, it got it jumped the shark big yeah. time but dude Jesus Christ that show was one of those like drop dead oh my God moments mm-hmm. you know with Cylon reveals and stuff and like, again it got like way up it just how it kind of like bump. brought you along and teased you along and. Yeah. yeah. By the time they reeled, revealed all the Cylons, you're like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah, what else do you have for me? All right, so that's TV. What have you been listening to? What podcasts do you have? I well, I have I have one I revisited. I have I have two, kind of one and a half. Okay. One I revisited. I said a long time ago on a uh, I think it was on our LFK episode. I said I was listening to Dying for Sex. Um, and I had some gripes with it. Do yep. you remember that podcast? Yep. I remember. I think yep. it, was the, it was the LFK episode. So yep. if you remember back to that episode, everybody, um, uh, I finally finished it off. Yeah. I had one episode, one and a half episodes left. I finished it off. And spoilers alert, everybody. If you haven't listened to it, you care to. I'm about to talk the shit out of it. And I alluded to this at the LFK. I guessed it's like, is she going to die before? And I, I think I went, don't tell me, don't tell me. I want to finish it. She does die. That's the whole thing is building up to her death. And right. um, and I would say that um, her friend, the the gal who put the whole thing together, just never you never could shake it off the annoying kind of uh, almost exploitation. Yeah, I know. yeah, we, we talked story. about. Yep, yep. Uh, it, it didn't stop. It went on. I just she just never. The agent fell in love. Whoa. She never rang like a true. I don't know. She just seemed fake to me. She never rang. As like a true person and friend, um, at least that was my take on her. You know, her writing's poor. I mean, I'm I'm I don't want to shit all over it, but I am shitting all over it. It just it just wasn't. <laughs> it just was kind of I don't know ham hocked writing about you know in a spiritualistic airy fairy way. Um, I will say that her friend they did she did record her and if this is a homage to her that's great and it's a way for her friend to stick around i I totally get all that she made an imprint she wrote a book called becoming whole which i I might check out but her friend became it became more less about the sex part and more about her dying and and that was the last episode was the most real episode i felt because she was in hospital and getting more sicker and she was talking about death and talking about her experience with it. And her friend asked her, are you afraid to die? And she'd asked her that before, you know, you know, a year before or whatever, when right. they first started. When it this. wasn't so close. Yeah. And she gave this incredible answer, super earnest, truthful about, no, 
about not being afraid, being like looking for her whole thing was as she was crying about it. It was very emotional looking forward to death, looking forward to that last journey, that last trip that she can take that she, there's no repercussions, no sick, no sickness. She won't have to cancel it. It was very emotional. I was like, man, that is like, that's a very real answer. And, you know, talked about, I hope this gives people hope that at the end, if you go through something like this, it's not, you're not scared anymore. You lose that. You're, you lose, you know, your brain gets more or your mind gets elevated as your body breaks down, which just kind of makes sense. But that, so that was kind of interesting. I would say that was a good takeaway from, from, from the, from the podcast, but then it would be interspersed like this very earnest final episode interspersed with selling a sex book, selling yeah. milk, Kimp, selling stamps, yeah. selling a hair product. Yeah. And you're like, dude, at least for this fucking one, you should have just stopped with the advertising. Yeah. You know, like here we are going through this poor gal's last moments, essentially, super private moment that's very public, obviously in a public forum, and you're still fucking shell- shilling something. So I just thought it was super bad taste, yep. and that was weird. But um, yeah, no, it's icky. Yeah, very. I'm glad I finished it, but uh, I completely unsubscribed and deleted it from my my phone. Right. Uh, I won't be revisiting it. Like I said, I might look at that book that that guy wrote. Um, because, you know, I mean, hey, man, we're all just trying to make a mark before we leave this uh, moral call. We shuffle off this moral call. So I totally understand it. And um, I, I kudos to her and all my respect to her. I just think our friend is a bit of a shitbag. Yep. Yeah, I think that's valid. I, I, what, with what little I listened to, I had that, came away with that same impression. So yeah. Now, do you have one? Uh, I don't, um, kind of. I have one that I... I I want oh, was to this a YouTube channel. No, 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 no. I have a podcast, but but I haven't listened to it yet. But I'm really excited to. I like. I'm. I've been right. waiting for the right opportunity to listen to it. It's called Cryptids, um, and I'll read. I'll read the little blurb. It just says Cryptids tells the story of the conspiracy radio show host and an avid listener who go in search of an afterlife. Instead, they find a truth beyond their wildest nightmares. In this female-driven, scripted sci-fi audio drama, you meet monsters, aliens, and the ultimate Grim Reaper. Um, someone that I followed on, follow on Twitter uh, has, a, had a, have, has played a part in this. Oh, she was a producer. I don't know her, I'm, I'm, and I don't know where I came about following her on Twitter. But she had said something on Twitter about it, and I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. And so I looked into it, and I played like the first five minutes. And this is when I was walking the dog like two days ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but I'm like, whoa, this sounds it sounded great. It's got great production. The story seems compelling. So I'm going to dig into it and I will give you a recap when I'm done. Um, but just trying to find time to dig into something new has just been um, it's been elusive. Yeah. What was that one called again? The cryptids? Uh, cryptids. Yeah. Cryptids. cryptids. Yeah. Cryptids. Cryptids. C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-S. If you I mean, it's a you know, it's an audio drama because I've listened to, you know, we Shit, we've been doing this for seven years now. Um, I listen to plenty of like, I, I can't get into the true crime anymore. You know, I'm just like, man, I don't need any more of that in my life. No right more, now. no more realism. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no more realism stuff. So, um, and then there's plenty of pop culture like news and shit like that. I listen to, but um, and a lot of current events. So now I've been drawn more to the radio drama podcast style format, which I didn't like. You know. With, Years ago, I yeah. wasn't a fan of, but I've started getting drawn to it. But. Well, that sounds good. I'll check that one out. Um, I have one other one. Um, Go for it. Awesome. And it's 
called the Black Tapes. Have you? Oh yeah, heard? Huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's been around for a while. I've listened to Bla- I listen to Black Tapes. And here's the thing. Can I tell you this real quick? Sure. Well, let me ask you a question. Now, I want to figure out how to ask you this. No, you're a reasonable person. You don't, hold on. All right, a couple of questions. Is the Earth flat or round? It's round. Okay, all right, good. Okay, so at any point in time, I'm not did you... I'm here, buddy. Come right, on. Did, at any point in time, were you ever like, oh, this shit's fucking real? So I've only, I'm only like, uh, uh, not even two episodes in. I'm like, no, oh, okay. All right. I... Somebody recommended this podcast to me years ago, three years, three or four years ago. And they're like, you, you will not believe this shit is unreal. And like trying to sell me uh, like that is a real, maybe they're unfamiliar with radio drama or audio drama or whatever. Well, Um, that is perfect. You should say that you should actually, that's perfect because what I was going to do with black tapes was this. Um, In 1938, Orson Welles, did a, a very famous radio drama of the War of the Worlds, and yeah. he actually sent the country into panic. Yeah, it's very famously did because he <laughs> made he made it just like uh, the radio of the day. They came in with, um, and if you you can listen to it, it's out there. I think it's on oh, YouTube. Yeah. You can actually listen to this, and I recommend everybody do it. Yeah, you we can, used to elementary school. Yeah, there was um, you know, there was live music where there, you know, and back in nineteen thirty eight, you'd have bands just playing kind of swing music and stuff. There's live music on, and then it gets interrupted, and they go, "Oh, we're so they treat it like a real, like a real life day in the life of that music station." You know, this is a program though that it started. And they they kind of allude to that at the start. They go, "Oh, this is you know, you know, it was going to be the program, the War of the Worlds," but then. You know, people just tuned in, just thought, oh, it's just a radio, you know, I'm just listening to music. And then they interrupted, oh, yeah, something happened, you know, uh, we're kind of keeping an eye on it, you know, as, um, you know, they dropped in to interrupt the music show. And um, and they dropped in and out until it became, oh, my God, aliens are invading New York. Right. You yeah. know, upstate New York. And it caused the country to go into, like, frenzy. I mean, if you can imagine that today, that was frenzy back then. You can imagine that today, like, everything's multiplied by a hundred. Sure. It would be people would be losing, there would be killing, right? There yep. would be a societal breakdown that we yep. almost saw a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, so basically, what Orson Welles, who was a freaking genius, did then um, is kind of what the Black Tapes is trying to do with yeah. podcasts, is yeah. what my first impression is. And it's not a bad thing. No. Um, no. It, takes, it takes the serial template, like the serial, yep. which in my mind, really kind of made podcasts a thing would you agree um it elevated it for sure right. yeah so yeah. it you had it takes almost to the point where it, it's a copycat because the music the tone yeah. of the alex regan character who's the narrator is just very very like um yeah. uh, what's her name from uh, audible or from um serial uh, serial um yeah what is her name? Her name is, which they haven't had a new serial in a while, which is kind of, you know, we probably need a new one. Oh, maybe there is a new one. A Barfoot walking through. No, that's anyway. Whatever her name is, uh, everyone's out there screaming at the at the radio right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it's from her voice to just the way it, the inflection, the pacing. It just is very like serial and. Um, but basically, they're doing the same thing. They're doing the Orson Welles trick. They're gonna, they're kind of saying, leading you down a path that this is real. This is that she were a real. I'm a real journalist. She's not. She's an actress. Um, yeah. And then we're we're telling you this story in real time, and uh, about Doctor Strand and the black yep. VHS yeah. tapes he has in his office, and it just kind of breaks 
kind of creepy stories down you know yeah and um, and orson welles used to narrate the black museum years like back in the 40s or 50s uh which is another similar kind of twilight zone on the radio again that's out there i hardly remember if you like listen to podcasts you that equates it to like listen to the radio you should definitely check out some super old um very very creepy uh black museums or um the war of the worlds i recommend that you guys check them out and so far one and a half episodes in the black tapes it's got my interest i'm definitely going to keep listening there's three seasons and then but the, the last season is a couple of years old and they haven't brought it back yet but recently they tweeted or they said they you know they're definitely bringing it back and it also could be adapted uh, by nbc as a tv show and nbc Perfect. is obviously looking sure. for content right now with the peacock network about to launch in july so um yeah but it's 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 interesting and it's well acted um i'm digging it man and it's yeah, creepy. i think it's i thought it's, it's wonderful it is truly wonderful i yeah. just thought it was just humorous to me that the person that told me about it was trying to sell me on it like it was a real like right these people are real people and I've always it was always, I've always, every time I listen to it, that's all I could think about for a while. I was like, yeah. man, I can't believe that person thought this is. They are not was, like hooked in, like line and sinker, like this. That's is, great, hey man, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So it was. Um, it's created by Paul Bay and Terry Miles, FYI, and um, and a spinoff of the fictional radio program Pacific Northwest Stories, which they do allude to quite a bit in the start. Oh yeah, that's, I'm from Pacific yeah, Northwest Stories. I'm, Right. Yeah. Which is kind of like it's Amer- this American life. I mean, it's kind of like the takeoff of this American life. And like I said, there's so many mirrors with serial because serial being a takeoff or a split spin off of this American life. This is be- this. The black taste is spin off Pacific Northwest stories. So there's a lot of similarities there. And oh, I guess it was it, the, the last episode of the uh, but not the end, I, they say, was September 7th, 2017. So that's actually um uh, three years ago, almost three years ago, two and a half years ago. So, um, uh, but they 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 are working on supposedly another season. As of January the thirteenth of this year, they said that it will be. Um, uh, it's the they had a mid season finale and it ends on a cliffhanger. And I don't see. I was a bit hesitant because I don't want something to end on a cliffhanger for me and then not give me some kind of resolution. I'm yeah. pissed off if that's the case. But uh, what I've read so far is that they're definitely trying to bring it back. So. I'm going to keep on listening. All right. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's good. very well done. Very well done. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, that's that's Pod Corner for the <laughs> week. Unless you All have right. anything else. Nope. All right. Pod Corner. Okay, so um, we're not quite at Miltas. I do have a Miltas this week, but I have something else. Okay. I have something else um, I've been working on. I don't know if this is going to end up being a, uh, a regular feature or not. It might. Oh, boy. Um, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there today. Okay. And then I, Adam doesn't know about this yet. Nope. And then I'm going to see if there's any meat on the bone, as they say. And <laughs> um, so we are, I'm going to throw something out there and then we'll see what I can make of it or what we can make of it. So I think this is a new feature. So today is May the 14th. Um, we are giving away a little bit of secrets here. So we're actually, I don't know when this episode is going to go out. Hopefully in the next few days. But if it goes out in a month, it's May the 14th today, the day we record this is a Thursday. So I thought I would start, I'm going to start looking back in nerd culture on whatever day we decide to record on. Um, I will look back on nerd culture that day or things that I think are interesting. And I will talk about those and I'll bring those up and I'll say this is what was happening at this time on that particular day. Um, 
in any given year. Okay, so you know? yeah, got it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, and I'm going to call this feature Q Jingly Jangly New Theme Song The Day of Days. Okay, The Day of Days. So, this is The Day of Days. All right. So this is The Day of Days, May 14th, The Day of Days. Okay. Um, so in 1998, on May 14th, seven, uh, 76.3 million people tuned in for the series finale of Seinfeld. Sure. Did oh, you tune wow. in? Were you one of those yeah, people? I, I, I did not. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I was um, one of those people. And then one of those people who was pretending I wasn't severely disappointed because I loved that yeah. show so much. You're like, ah, oh, it was so good. Uh, God, so, it was so yeah, great. Forced yeah. grin. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so, what a show. So, I'm so sad it's over. That's what That's I wanted. It. A fucking flashback show. For the last the last ever show, Flash. I have flashback. I have seen it. I just wasn't there at this time. I think I, they're I think in jail. Ninety eight. Um, I was in Japan, so yeah. Uh, but um, interesting enough, uh, Jerry Stiller just passed away a couple of days ago. Who played Frank Costanza in yeah. Seinfeld? Did such a yeah. great job. So, um, R.I.P. Jerry Stiller. Um, Nineteen ninety eight. The same night as Seinfeld. Oh, okay. um, celebrity debt match premiered on MTV, which, I mean, at the time was quite an entertaining show. Really, it was that old? I didn't. Yeah. And that's funny. Yeah, and it was like claymation or something, right? At yeah, the time? claymation yeah. putting two popular pop culture icons against each other. Right. And, you know, and it, it had its it had its time. You know, yeah, that's a perfectly nineties thing. Yeah, it was back when MTV was actually making original content, not just overproducing not, not, not videos, but yeah, over, but yeah original producing weirdos, you know, which that's all they kind of do now, just overproduce. Before they got onto Teen Moms, bad a hole people. And mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was interesting. So movies released on this day um, in two thousand and four uh, uh, was uh, Troy. The movie starring Brad Pitt, sure. yep. where he yep. looked the most Brad Pitt he's ever looked. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robin Hood in 2010, Russell Crowe. Have you ever seen that version? Yeah, I did. I did. Bad. Woof. Not yeah. good. Yeah. And for someone who loves Russell Crowe, has a lot of time for him. Shit, that's bad. Bo <laughs> it's boring. Yeah. It's boring shite. Yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was better. Robin Hood starring Patrick Berg Bergman was better. Robin What's the Hood most recent Robin Hood? Um, it's with, it just came uh, out within the past couple of years. Yeah, with your with man, your man from the gentleman, yeah, your right? man, Elton John, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, doesn't look great. Never even fucking bothered seeing it. But uh, this Robin Hood was fucking bad. Yeah. Um, uh, also, let me see. And interesting enough, because when you go back to the years and look at like, because obviously you have to go back through May fourteenth, that land on a Friday, because that's usually when um, when movies the movie comes out. Yeah. But uh, there was no movie released on the Friday. None. May 14th, 1999. Do you know why? Well, because uh, Phantom Menace would have come out either before or after, right? Exactly correct. Phantom Menace was released that next Wednesday, which was a f unusual. But yeah. the very next Wednesday after that was Phantom Menace. So everybody obviously stayed away from that date. Yeah. They knew whatever movie that was going to get released on the 14th would just would get just just crushed. destroyed. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, they just stayed away from it completely. So, um, and then the last, my last point on this day of days, it's obviously quite movie heavy, this episode, um, 
was um was in 1982 one of i know our favorite films was released on this day um we were, we just discussed the soundtrack just not that long ago how great the soundtrack was you were 80, 82 80, 82 yeah starring a muscle-bound austrian little known austrian from a script written by Oliver Stone. Uh, Terminator? Oh, here, you've got some of the actors right. 82. Yeah. They just, they remade it a few years ago with, uh, um, what's his name? Aquaman. As oh, right, right. Was it the Barbarian or Destroyer? I didn't think that. Barbarian. Oh, it was 82? Oh, for whatever reason, yeah. I thought Barbarian was 80, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the Barbarian for sure. It's great. On, uh, May 14th, that's insane. Okay. And yeah. it's such a great movie. It stands yeah. up so well today. If you haven't seen it in a long time, I heartily recommend you uh, checking it out. It did does kind of remind me, though, that um, uh, we didn't get to meet uh, Roy Thomas, who's supposed to come to Comic-Con this year, who was really excited to meet Roy yeah. Thomas and him getting to sign something, uh, some kind of Conan-esque uh, art um so I could hang up here in my in my in my office, um, but um, yeah, Conan the Barbarian. Check it out if you haven't seen it before, and if you have, you know how That'd great it is. Great, dude. Yeah, check out the soundtrack. Amazing. It's an excellent movie. James L. Jones, what a performance. Um, so that's the day of days. Who like knows? It. Make a return. I dig it. I dig it. We shall see. No, I dig nice it. Nice little surprise. Yeah, um, you know, interesting things happen at different days of the week. So hopefully, you know, there's a couple of other things like Skylab was launched. In 1973, at that time, but I left them out. But um, I just thought these were pertinent, and you know, won't necessarily always be movies. Uh, I'll try to put some like maybe music in there, or depending on the day we record on, and that's how this. Right, will I work. guess it depends on the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. On the that's day. good. Super random. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here we are at the end of our show. We the book end of our show, which is Miltas, obviously. Yes, we've um, all been waiting I for it. Have watched it today this particular um, film and you know interestingly enough you know i have this list i've curated this list over the years adam and yes down, every once in a while i'll add to it this sure. one i added to to it this one got added to the miltas list this week and wow. then i got so excited about it i said i'm gonna do it for our next episode because i really liked this movie an awful lot okay. and so let me see how do i how will i introduce it to you well let me see. Uh, 1989 was the year. October was the month when this okay. was released. Right. So, you know, if you think about it, you can kind of start figuring it out. October 1989. The I will give you the um, the blurb from the poster. All right? Is it a horror movie? Well, October, you would think possibly right. good that's, possibility, that's right? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, okay. Um, the blurb from the poster is, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Dream Warriors. No, that would have been... No, but you're close. Is it Freddy's Revenge? No. No, that's too early. You're still close, but you're... It's, you're, you're with a different character. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Written and directed by the same guy who wrote and directed Nightmare on Elm Street, though. Our dear friend, Wes Craven. The all late right. Wes Craven. So this movie is written and directed by Wes Craven. 1989. Oh, is it Chucky? Guy. It is not Chucky. He did what? not do that. Actually, well, it's not, actually, the first one wasn't bad. But no, it's not Chucky. Wasn't he called a nice guy, though? Oh, okay. All right. I'm thoroughly he was, confused. He was now. called a buddy. 
He was one of you, you give in? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I give. Shocker. What? I didn't Shocker. realize that was 89. 1989. Holy fucking shit. today to bear witness to the execution of Horace Pinker, whose unspeakable atrocities have horrified the people of this great state. He stands convicted of 52 counts of aggravated assault, 23 counts of armed robbery, and 37 counts of murder in the first degree. Prisoner, have any final words? Yeah. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. I don't think he's dead. Contact. among you! Now, Wes Craven brings you his greatest creation. Shocker. And, uh, yeah. So, why do I pick this movie? It's because it's a shit movie, but I love it. It's great. Is it, though? Is it a shit movie? It's, it's got 24 on Rotten Tomatoes, so... Okay, it's a shit movie, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's great. And it holds up. Somewhat. Well, <laughs> that's it? Okay. So, it holds up somewhat. Right. Uh, a very, very 80s movie, but... Um, we, me and my buddies were looking forward to this movie because uh, the, the shocker, the tall character uh, who is um, uh, what is his name again? Um, you see here. That's funny enough, I didn't even write down the guy's name. It was um, uh, It's like a, it almost sounds like a superhero name, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it's a great It's like a two, a, like a He's an awesome, awesome character. An awesome bad guy. Um It is um, Pinker. Yeah. Horace. Um, Horace Pinker. Horace Pinker. Yeah. Who is played by uh, an incredibly well played by Mitch Pillay. Yeah, your man from uh, X-Files. Yeah. Skinner from yeah, X-Files. Skinner. Yeah. So, uh, and he's just such a great villain. And he's way over the top. And just hilarious delivery. He really does pull this movie out of the dirt because I think without him, with someone else who wasn't as charismatic and it wouldn't have done as good a job, this film would have been a lot worse. But his charisma really kind of elevates this movie. Um, without a doubt, the performance of the film, which is great because he essentially is the title character of the movie, The Shocker. So this is not based on the sad sack Spider-Man villain, which I know some people out there would have been like, they made a movie about the Shocker? No, they didn't. This is about um, a, a serial killer who um, our, um, Peter Berg, who's also stars in this movie, who went on to direct multiple movies um, and seem, seemingly only makes movies at Mark Wahlberg that are patriotic, quote-unquote patriotic now, like <laughs> Mall 22 and Lone Survivor and The Patriot, for Christ's sake. He can only make movies at Mark Wahlberg and they have to be patriotic. But Peter Berg was starring in this movie, very, very young Peter Berg, who was in uh, probably one of, one of my favorite boxing movies of all time, The Great White Hype. Did you see that movie? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. He's Irish Terry Conklin. But um, that's an underrated movie. It's quite funny. Um, Peter Berg, Michael Murphy, and uh, um, and Mitch Pelligier, uh, uh, Pelligi. Um, so Peter Berg has these, uh, again, it's uh, dreams again. Like I think Wes Craven had a fixation for dreams. Um, I don't know why. Fear to fall asleep again. Like everyone seems to be afraid because the serial killers going around murdering families at nighttime. And um, Peter Berg starts having these dreams that his family has gotten murdered, turns into reality. His family do get murdered. His dad's a cop, but he's adopted. Um, he can he can go to sleep and see Horace Pinker doing his you know evil deeds, and then in the future, and then can rush. He rushes over there and they catch him in the act, and he gets the electric chair. That's kind of how it goes. Sure. Now, but Pinker is like, he's a voodoo, into voodoo and black magic. Just before he's about to get electric shocked, you see this cut scene in his cell where he's talking to the TV, which is talking back to him and zapping him at electricity at the same time. You think, okay, he's sold his soul type of action. He gets electrocuted and he becomes this kind of feral, electricity driven creature that still is in the same orange jumpsuit, the kind of is synonymous with the movie and he can take over people's bodies which leads to some hilarious um situations he takes over this like (laughs) seven-year-old little girl's body every time he does they have to take the limp that he has so they they have this he's one point peter berg is chasing this little seven-year-old girl who's outrunning him with this limp i mean it's ridiculous stuff you could see it's like a small person in a wig right i mean it's ridiculous sure but funny. And when you look at the IMDb uh, uh, description, it says black comedy slash horror movie, <laughs> which it really is. Some of it was probably, I think some of it was definitely, you know, put him, you know, because if you think about it, the Pinker character, he's just Freddy, just in a different, just dressed up differently, basically. He has the stupid one-liners like, um, as, the, as this doctor um, he becomes this doctor, the doctor who checked on his vitals when he's killed. He takes over her body, and uh, she's tearing off a cop's head in, in, a, in a cop car. And sure, she goes, sure. just yeah, like, like a little head sport, he says, you know, to the camera, winking, as he tears yeah. it off the head of the cop. He says, he says things like, come on, son, let's take a ride in my Volts wagon, V-O-L-T-S oh, wagon. Yeah. Um, womp, womp. He bites the fingers off this prison guard's hand, and what does he say? He says, "Finger licking good." Oh, That's what boy. he says. Of course, he does. <laughs> so, it's there's a lot of that in there. He turns, uh, he turns into a couch, a lazy boy at one point, and tries to strangle Peter Berg's character. Perfect. Perfect. It's real Freddy, and I guess that Wes Craven made this, you know. You know, in re- in response to Freddy Krueger movies, because sure. he was getting so upset w- what they were doing to the franchise. You know, after number three, he kind of stepped away. Which, for my money, you know, aside from the original number three, Dream Warriors is the best yeah. of those movies, and um, and that's kind of the last one that um, that Wes Craven had had to do with. So he stepped away after that, um, and then he made this movie with the idea that it would go on to be a franchise. The problem was, it only made sixteen million on a budget of ten, mm. so. Those numbers don't really add up that well. It got critically panned um, with uh, Siskel, and, Siskel and Ebert on their show. They gave it, Siskel gave it a marginal thumbs up, but um, huh. uh, Roger Ebert gave it a thumbs down. And I quote, he said, I felt it would have been a better movie and it played with more rules. 
because it really didn't play with rules. It just kind of was all over the place. Sure. But we'll tell you the last 20 minutes are great fun where they kind of go into like they go into the TV essentially. Um, so they're dropping in and out of classic shows. Perfect. And so it was a lot of fun, very slapstick. Um, the the reason why me and my mates were into this movie is because they pushed this Pinker character heavy in the heavy metal world, like in the heavy metal scene. He was at, like two years before the movie came out. Um, uh, they they made um, uh, 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 Mitch Pelligi as uh, uh, Horace Pinker made an appearance on MTV's Headbangers Ball, which we used to watch religiously. You know, so they are pushing this as, and they had a they had a soundtrack like a heavy metal soundtrack that was a big deal that, um, where they had um, Megadeth did a covered of their cover version of the Alice Cooper song No More Mr. Nice Guy and then they had this super group formed um, called the Dudes of Wrath which had Paul Stanley from Kiss in it Vivian Campbell who was in um, Def Leppard has been in Tin Lizzy guitar player they had Rudy Sarzo from Whitesnake Tommy Lee from Motley Crue and then backing vocals were Michael Anthony from Van Halen What's Up Wallace so they were the dudes of wrath and they had multiple songs on the soundtrack. So from the soundtrack yeah. alone, it's kind of fun. Like I said, super eighties, Heather Lankin, uh, or Lankin uh, Campus there. Yeah. Who's yeah. obviously Nancy Tompkins. She makes a cameo. Um, and you know, uh, it's the first West, uh, the first movie that Wes Craven made with alive films. He made one other one in 1991. Do you know what that movie is, Adam? No, my brain, my brain is still. I'm too upset that I missed Shocker, so I'm not even gonna take a guess. Uh, Peter, on people under the stairs, highly underrated movie, which could possibly make an appearance on this Miltas list at some point. Uh, I hope it does because I've got a good story about that movie. So right. yeah, yeah. Um, so overall, it's um, it's bonkers, silly but fun. Everybody seems to be enjoying themselves. Um, I want to see what else I wrote as I was watching it. The metal is evil, obviously. Um, soundtrack was a big deal at the time. John Tesh, Christ, is the news anchor in the movie. Wow. He's in it quite a lot. Um, yeah. Um, good, fun movie, dude. And like I said, it's, it's, it's well worth revisiting. Is it streaming anywhere? Did you watch it streaming somewhere? It is. I, what I did was I bought a, uh, oh, a free week for on Cinemax to watch this. <laughs> so I've put a reminder in my calendar on Monday. Here I am. I, I, I'm going to do the 14 day trial of uh, the Criterion channel. And, uh, you know, you're doing the free trial of Cinemax. So, right. yeah. yeah. I, I will unsubscribe on Monday. And because uh, I don't think Cinemax is that to offer me. Uh, yeah. And uh, except the shocker. Except, sorry, shocker. It did. It did. Shocker. It offered you. It gave you shocker. Yeah. It's good fun, dude. I would de- yeah. definitely say check it out. It fits all our, all our caveats that we put on this uh, this part of the show, and uh, and yeah, so I managed to check. Everyone should check it out. Even if it's three ninety nine, it's worth the three ninety nine. It's twenty minutes all alone. Yeah. Okay. Last- okay. Fair enough. I, I give you that. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's true. Yeah. So yeah, man. That's it. That's all wow. I got. We got a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, we did. And interesting enough, everybody. Just so you know, another peek behind the curtain. Usually we record these in, in, in segments. We'll record it like, you know, and then we'll stop, take a break. We'll gather our thoughts, maybe have a little chat in between, and then we'll start recording again. 
you just never know because we just do such a great job of splicing. I know. You probably all know. It's probably quite obvious. <laughs> but uh, we splice them together. We haven't done that tonight. We've actually just talked for an hour and seven minutes now. Um, and I, I will add the shocker and uh, add Trailer. in here. Trailer, okay. I'll definitely do that. And then I'll add our music in. And that's it. This will be the easiest editing I've ever done for an episode. Awesome. Good. Good. Well, I'm glad that worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah. And first time we've done it on Skype, I can't wait to hear the audio and how good or bad it sounds. <laughs> oh, and this is the moment you're going to be like, oh, shit. I forgot to hit record. Like, we're going to have to do the whole thing all over again. Oh, no, it says right there. It says David is recording the call. So even I know. All right, cool. So all right. Well, that's all I've got, man. I guess thanks for everyone for listening. As always, follow us yeah. at Hate Space Invaders on Twitter and Instagram on the gram. Check out our Facebook page, like us and comment. And if you have any, if anyone ever has any miltasses they think we should do, definitely send those in. Um, you can hashtag miltas. We'll get our executive producer to check that stuff out and send us any info. And um, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, Wallace. And good luck. David Colgan and Adam Hall are your Headspace Invaders, executive produced by Wallace Wilson. Our theme song was composed by Chris Shemeca. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hspaceinvaders. And please be sure to give us a like, thumbs up, or five-star rating on your preferred pod listening device. Headspace Invaders is a proud member of the Thanks Wallace Productions. And as David would say, good luck.